Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph for a chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 80 about witch travel. And this is a really fun topic. It's something I think that's fun to bring up in summer. Restrictions are being lifted. People are starting to move about the country and the world again. So I think incorporating witchcraft into traveling is a really interesting topic, and there's a lot more to discuss within it than just travel destinations. So I actually have a guest here with me today to talk a little bit more about that, who is really an expert in this area. So I am going to let her introduce herself and her business. So please take it away. Thanks for having me, Steph. I appreciate it. I am Debbie Kay with Debbie Kay Travel, and I love to see the world. And I love to help others see the world who really want to see the world. And I've been doing this for a little over 20 years, since 2001. I specialize in your typical beach, fun and sun type of travel. So going to an all-inclusive in the Caribbean. I also specialize in custom trips to Europe. And earlier this, not this year, last year in 2020, I had someone reach out to me from Savannah. I'm about 90 miles from Savannah. And she reached out to me about taking a trip with a group of ladies that she spends a lot of time with. And in talking with her, going through my process of deciding what type of trip would best fit her and her group of ladies, it came up that she is a practicing Wiccan. And so of course that piqued my interest because at the time I didn't know a ton about how witchcraft and Wicca could be a part of travel or be a focus for travel. And then we all know what happened in March and April. So um, that got put on the back burner, but my interest continued. So I started doing a ton of research and did not realize that when I personally travel, a lot of the things and experiences that we had could have been part of a witchcraft tradition or a pagan spiritual path and after all the research now I know all the things like a Mayan butterfly ceremony is part of a Mayan spiritual path ritual so now I know a lot of things about spiritual travel that is not of the top three religions and where to go where not to go where we are welcome, where we are not welcome, and how to get there, what you can take with you, what you can't take with you, if it's legal to go there. So these are all things that weren't considered, I think, by most people when asking these questions. Oh, can I practice? So that's how I got on the path of studying magical travels for lack of a better term. (laughs) I think that is incredibly interesting because I don't think it's something that I would have thought about either just because 
I'm in Chicago. It's, you know, pretty progressive. You can practice out in the open. It's not, you know, an area where I feel a lot of restriction that I couldn't do something. So it just normally would not occur to me. Like I'm going to this place, I'm going to do something there. Like I would think that's fine. Cause it's fine where I practice, but it would not even occur to me to be like, wait a minute, I should probably check that I can do all of the things that I want to do in the destination I'm going to. So I think that's, it's great to have somebody like you that you can talk to and plan these things with. So if somebody does want to, you know, reach out to you and find you, work with you, where can they find you online, on social media, all of those things? So I am Debbie K Travel on Instagram. I'm D-E-B-B-I dot K-A-Y dot travel. And I do have a Facebook page as well, Debbie K Travel, and a website currently under construction. We are redoing some things there, but it's also DebbieKTravel.com. And then, of course, always by phone. Excellent. And I will have all of those things linked for you, listeners, as well, uh, so you can find her easily. So we are going to get into a little bit some of these things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on was just talking about some of the most popular ones in the United States for witchcraft travel. I think people do know about these, but they're popular for a reason because they are fun, you know, places to visit. And I, Debbie, let me know if you agree with me. Um, I think the top, the top one is Salem. And I think the top three would be Salem, New Orleans, and Savannah. I agree with you. You can lump, kind of lump Charleston in with Savannah because they're not that far from each other. Um, but definitely Salem. I think everyone knows Salem and its history with any type of pagan practice. New Orleans, for sure, because there's so many different practices that come from uh, African tradition through the Caribbean and up into uh, Louisiana. So you have so many different things. You have Santeria, you have um, Obey, you have voodoo, hoodoo, all of those things that uh, are practiced in and around uh, New Orleans. And then Savannah, you have the Savannah Pagan Pride Fest, which is in September. And you have all of its history, which is very similar to New Orleans. So you're, you're true on that one for sure. I think they call Savannah the most haunted city in the, in the U S isn't that right? It's in like the top, very top one. That is true. That is true. I'm about 90 miles from Savannah. So we go there quite often just for a day trip and so many haunted tours, so many stories, uh, if you've read the book, uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, set in Savannah, it's based on uh, history, so first factual events, and there was a lot of, it's nothing for someone to go to a practitioner to get an amulet, or a powder, or a potion, or an oil, so it's very, very deep in the history of Savannah, for sure. I think I have, I've been to New Orleans, but I have not been to Salem or Savannah. And I do think that they sound like really interesting places to travel to. I can see why they are so popular as witchcraft destinations. I think there's a lot of history in all of those places. Um, and I do think that they are 
um, they make it a little easier as far as witchcraft related travel goes because those things are so readily available there and out in the open and they do things like the witch you know witchcraft related of the trials and the cemeteries and things in Salem and they do ghost tours and things like that so it is something that is already into the culture there so it's a little easier to find like stores and things and community events uh, and places like that but outside of that those you know three locations that are very popular and I'm sure you have clients booking those all the time but outside of those three if you just want to have a you know witchy vacation someplace else that doesn't have as many of those things planned what would be your first important consideration to plan for when you're thinking where else would I want to go that could be a nice witchcraft vacation for me If you're just wanting to see witchy things and be in a pagan style environment, that would be considering the the region of the country. So for example, San Francisco, Mendocino, Portland, so the Pacific Northwest would be a good area because it's very progressive, very, very progressive. The Northeast would also be a good area because it's very progressive. Um, Lilydale, New York, not a huge town, very, very tiny. So I think it's like 275 people total, oh, very small. but I think they're all practitioners. Oh, that's so interesting. I had no idea. Yep. And there's that? actually um, something there called, I think it's called the inspirational stump. And it apparently the whole area has a very strong connection to the spiritual realms. So that's kind oh, of that's interesting. Very interesting uh, place to go to for sure. Uh, so definitely what you, you know, know what you want to experience, know what you're trying to get out of the vacation and how open uh, a, in, an area in the United States would be towards it. I know the South can be a little tough. I'm sure um, you know that outside of Savannah and New Orleans and things like that. Um, I know witchcraft is a little still um, in the Bible belt there. It's a little difficult to be able to practice out in the open like that. That is true. That is true. You don't see people coming. And I think that's what sparked this initial contact. And I would imagine that through the conversations, I was able to make my client feel comfortable in expressing her spiritual practice enough to say, okay, this is what I really want. This is what I'm looking for. You're not going to do or say anything that would be, make me feel uncomfortable or lead me astray. And it's, you have to be knowledgeable in those things. For example, you're not going to Chile to practice. You're not going to various parts of Africa to practice. You're not going to Middle Eastern countries and openly practice. You're not walking through the airport with your tarot cards and your cauldron hanging out of your right. backpack, you know? Um, so those are the things, mostly where is it legal? Where is it illegal? And if you were to do something 
could you get in trouble for it or jail time or even worse? So uh, most European countries are pretty open. They have a lot of festivals. A lot of them use the draw of their pagan history to bring people to areas that they wouldn't normally consider. So for example, you have uh, Catamaco, Mexico that has a, a ceremony every year. Um, you have, uh, uh, there's a, an island in Sweden that is known, it has um, some, some magical history tied to it in the Philippines. Pretty much everywhere in the world, there's gonna be something. There's, you can do a cruise excursion with most cruise lines to um, Witch's Hill, which is an actual forest that, you, that, had, that was supposed to be uh, populated by the Fae. And now it's more of a, um, that has kind of fallen to the wayside, that draw. And it's more of a cult, a sculpture garden, but still, there's that side of it, and it's a common excursion on multiple major cruise lines. So, it, in some places, it really is a lot more common than you would think. It's a lot more popular. Correct. You have. That's right. That's right. You have um, so in in a lot of South, uh, not Central America, so Mexico and Central America. In Peru, there's a big history behind it. Uh, Lima, um, uh, Ica, um, there's a, a tarot park in, um, where's my tarot park? I can't remember. I think it's in, it's in Italy. There's a tarot garden in Italy. Um, Turin, would you ever thought that Turin had a history of uh, magical, I absolutely would not know. It's like tons, yeah, tons of places that I wouldn't even consider. It honestly would not have crossed my mind at all. Yeah, yeah. You have um. So you have in uh, in Germany, you have the uh, Brocken, uh, which is the Harz Mountains, and they actually have this um. This area, that is called uh, the Witch's Dance Floor. It, that it loosely translates to the Witch's Dance Floor. And they do, that's that. where the, um, well, while well, Pergusnacht is held every year. And so Christian and uh, pagan histories were kind of mixed to celebrate um, St. Walperga. And uh, it also happens around the Sabbath of Beltane. So it's April 30th through May 1st. And um, it's a huge witch fest, huge witch fest. Yeah, almost like every city, almost every major city where there's some sort of magical, mystical place, you're going to have a museum that is uh, witchcraft and, and magical practice focused. You have um, Mother uh, uh, Shepton's Cave. You have the Chalice Well. And those are both in England. Um, you have... Uh, uh, the Buckland Gallery of Witchcraft is in Cleveland, Ohio now. So it's, um, you know, you just never would think 
that these places would be things until you start looking for them. Now, Cleveland, Ohio is driving distance from me, so I could do that one because flying do not do not get along. But yeah, I could definitely hit up Cleveland. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> but that's yep. and, and, then those, and then of course there's always always Wizarding World down in uh, Florida. Oh, I do. I, I have definitely been to that one. Do you love it there? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I could live there. I could live oh, there. Any Wait. any place uh, fantas- fantastical, you could definitely find me there for sure. Oh yeah, that absolutely sounds like a lot of fun. So was it difficult for you to find this uh, legal information when somebody is like, I want to, you know, travel to these places. Can I practice there? Are you able to find whether or not it's legal or is that a difficult yes. for you? So to that's, find that's actually, yeah, that's actually a really simple search. Oh, good. So you literally, literally could type in, can I practice whatever form of whatever your spiritual practice is from a pagan practice to uh to christian to a major religion so christianity or judaism or islam you could you could google that is it legal to practice there and um some some of it may take some digging but yeah definitely that would be my first thing that I would look for. Can I practice there? And then another thing is, so you can take pretty much anything on an airplane. I'm not gonna say anything, but pretty much anything. So if I have travelers that are hunters or fishermen and they wanna take their own equipment, so their own rifles, their own tools for fishing, so knives and hooks and things like that, um, those things, you can take them on a plane. They have to be packed a certain way and they're packed in checked luggage and they're clearly marked. Um, and there's a certain way that you have to drop them off when you're checking in at the airport, but that's all stuff that can be done. You can also, unless you're really bent on using some sort of tool, um, I, you can always find stuff there you know, you talk about all the time, you know, all you need is a simple this or simple that it doesn't have to be designated for that. So absolutely. Very easy to find things to, to use if you want to practice. And then, um, I don't recommend calling attention to yourself. So, uh, if I have a group that's doing, let's say they want to do a group cruise, let's say you have a, a group of people that want to do a group cruise. I mean, you know, you're not using the meeting room and lighting a bonfire on the ship, but, you know, there are other things <laughs> that you can do around that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always a workaround. You just, sometimes it takes a little bit of good digging and, and asking until you get the answer you're looking for. Yeah. I think that planning a whole trip like this, I think it's good that people would have you as a resource to reach out to. Cause I think if it was planning your first, you know, witchy trip like this, it would be kind of a lot of things to consider, especially if you're trying to also book, um, like tours of going to a museum and, you know, finding out if there's haunted cemeteries or anything like that. That's a lot of digging that has to be done. It's a lot of work that goes into this. It is, it is. And then with new, the way travel is now, things change every day and it's not as much as it was 12 months ago, but it's still changing every day. And as new modes of travel are being opened back up, 
there's a lot involved to know what can I, what can I do? What do I have to do in order to go to this destination? Is this destination even open when I want to go? That's number one. That's our number one concern right now is, is the destination open to, to those people that, that, because if you're from India, you're not going anywhere right now. If you are traveling from or through India, you're not going anywhere right now. Uh, some of the world is now just recently opening up to U.S. travelers. That's coming quite quickly. And you're also seeing cruise, cruises are starting to go again. So that's, we're in the early, early stages of that though. But it's all, it will come back around. It's just, what do we have to do now? What are the requirements? Do I have to wear a mask? Can I go everywhere? I had multiple trips planned for Europe just as recent as May that we all had, that we had to move because not all destinations on those trips were open. And it's no longer easy to just go from Paris to London, for example. I mean, you're crossing through sets of two sets of border control because London's no longer part of the EU. So, you know, there's other steps that have to be involved to, to, from going to one place to the other. Goodness, that's a lot. So definitely helps to have a vacation planner. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I know that for sure because I have done that before. Unfortunately, it was canceled. We did have a trip planned to go to Wizarding World, actually. Um, I've already been there, but this was you know, for a second time. And we were trying to plan all of those different things and Disney world. And we just went with a travel planner because it was just so much easier to be like, here's what we want to do. Here are like available days. We kind of want to eat here and do these things. And like, bam, everything was like booked how we wanted. And like had, she brought up so many things that I hadn't even considered as like being questions I should ask. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I should probably figure that out, shouldn't I, before we even go. Unfortunately, we had to cancel and we'll definitely, you know, reschedule and, and go back down to Wizarding World once everything like opens up. But I just think having somebody else be able to plan all of these things for you and let you know if you want to bring your ritual knife on the plane, here's how you pack it. Here's how you're going to have to tell people that it's in your checked luggage and all of those things. Having somebody else, you know, know those things, know that you even have to do those things and remind you and be able to plan all this for you is just such a help. I can't even express to listeners if you've never worked with a travel planner before you absolutely should. It's the only way to do it. And I think that in terms of the United States right now, things are Mm -hmm. more open than it's a little more, it's a little easier right now for summer travel. If somebody was say planning a witchcraft related trip in the next two months, it's a little easier if they are going to do it just within the United States. Is that sound correct? That is correct. Um, pretty much everywhere is open and you're seeing restrictions becoming more relaxed. Yes. Dining is opening. Um, some places still require masks, not everywhere. You can go to Florida, Disney. Now you don't have to have a mask. So that's kind of nice. Oh, I didn't even know um, that about Disney. That just happened. Literally oh. just happened. Wow. Um, <laughs> Look at that. 
yep just happened um the rest of the world so europe is still um still kind of they're opening up slowly some areas opened up quicker than others so for example you could have you could have you croatia you can go, you've been able to go to croatia for a while italy is just now starting to open back up a lot of it's not quite there yet <laughs> a lot of uh germany germany just opened up to u.s travelers oh that's nice so hopefully but as far as u.s goes planning something yeah as far as the u.s goes probably easier to to stay here but i know a lot of people you know not only want to have summer vacations now that things are finally open which i totally understand but for a witch the biggest night of the year is Samhain or Halloween. So I know a lot of these destinations are very, very popular for end of October as well. So if somebody was thinking about planning a trip for that time, would now be a good time to start looking into that um, with everything yes. changing as much as it is? Yes, because everybody has pent up travel energy and <laughs> yes. not every destination is fully open to max capacity so inventory is limited a little travel jargon for you <laughs> so um accommodations are limited so you might have as low as 30 percent up to maybe about 80 percent depending on where you're going air is changing all the time because staffing in both the air and the hotel sector a lot of people were furloughed. A lot of people were let go. And now the demand did a whiplash turn back because now that some things are starting to open, everybody kind of thinks everything is open. And so they're like, oh, well, if I can go, I'm ready to go. And the destinations aren't prepared because their people are not back fully trained with pandemic protocols. What happens if there's an outbreak of something? How are we handling it? All of those things, they have to be retrained. A lot of airline staff, they're limited to the amount of time that they can work, similar to a truck driver, if you know anything about that. So they can only work so many hours and they don't even, they're not back fully staffed yet. So they're still trying to bring pilots back and flight crew back and all that is affecting the inventory level of how many seats are available for people to sit in how many heads can go in beds what beds are available to for those heads to rest in that makes a lot of sense same with same with parks and a lot of people don't aren't understanding that it's not unlimited and so that the price is also reflected because you know we've been without travel for 15 months now almost 18 right. months and these destinations are trying to get back into that mode plus you have not only do you have the federal mandates you have the state mandates and then even county and or city mandates that they have to all comply with so that's another hurdle that has to be crossed over before they can open their doors and let people back in so for anyone who's curious, 
a deal is not a thing right now. Deal is not a thing. Deal was a thing in March. Deal was a thing in April. Deal is not a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you are, are working with a good travel advisor, then that travel advisor should be should be shopping. They should be looking at your preferences. They should be looking at the ease of travel and they should be looking at your price range. And all of those things should be considered when they're building your ideal trip. So trying to build the best trip for you within those parameters. And right now it's a little difficult because things are, are not the way they were, but everybody wants to go. So let's go. Definitely. But I think, so if, if somebody has their heart set on going to Salem this year for October 31st, they need to book what they want to book now. I would agree with that. Yes. They need okay. to, to get on that horse so pretty quick, especially if it's a destination that is, um, for example, Halloween Horror Nights is coming back. I know I keep going back to Universal, but Halloween Horror Nights is coming back and that's going to be capacity limited as of right uh -huh. now. Of course. So yeah, book it. As right soon as you, yeah. Book it as soon as you can or decide that you want to do this. If you're thinking about doing something for the end of October, then really need to jump on that. Um, because yeah, I guess if they're only operating at 30, 40% capacity or something like that, then it's just not going to have the number of people that they want to let in be able to get in there. So definitely make your travel plans and considerations. But then again, some of these things, some of the destinations, for example, there's a festival in England and it's in a city that's only 15 minutes outside of London by train. And it's nothing to hop on the train and shoot for a 15, 20 minute ride and still stay and enjoy London, but go out to the festival that runs for two weeks. So you could go back in two if you wanted over the course of a couple of days, which would be nice. That would be. I think but definitely plan. If you're thinking about going anywhere within the next 12 months, I would definitely say you need to be planning now. Yeah, start, start figuring out and yeah, I, um, uh, we're, we're set on staying home this year, but I know we were thinking about something for next year, but we hadn't really even figured that out yet, but kind of sounds like I need to do that, uh, now if, uh, <laughs> what we're going to start planning, which I think, um, really is probably going to be re rebooking everything that we wanted to do, um, for wizarding world. Um, uh, I have been to the. Halloween Horror Nights. And I loved that too. Uh, when I went in October, so much fun. It is so, so, so much fun. fun. I just love the whole season. October is my favorite month. Halloween is my absolute hands down favorite holiday. I start decorating my house for Halloween on August 1st. So <laughs> I am like completely Halloween out for like three straight months. Uh, so I absolutely love it. I understand the appeal of going to Disney World and Universal and everything for the month of October. It's fantastic. Um, but sounds like whatever I want to book for next year, I'm really going to have to start like doing it now, <laughs> making some decisions. Uh, but I absolutely understand that everybody 
is finally able to get out and do things and they want to be free and do all this travel they missed out on for so long. And I'll tell you one thing that's uh, been impressive to me is those that are still on the fence about traveling, those that are still concerned, not comfortable getting out in large crowds or even eating out somewhere, there's an op there are places where you can go that are accommodating that type of of mindset. So you're definitely shouldn't limit yourself. You can drive. There are places that are nearby that you could go to for a weekend. There are many, many hotel brands and the individual hoteliers, the mom and pops that are really going out of their way to make sure their guests are comfortable, safe, clean environment. If you don't want someone coming into your room and cleaning every day, you can tell them, listen, don't come in. If you want, you can leave the towels outside. Uh, for a long time, you would get your towels brought to you in a clear plastic bag left outside of your room, delivered in someone in full PPE. So there are opportunities for people to go and do, even if you are afraid yeah, to fly. I think everybody pretty easily. All of these companies want you to have a good experience and they have your best interests at heart. Really, they don't want anyone getting sick and leaving bad reviews. Nobody wants that. <laughs> they're not going, they're not out here trying to be like, oh yeah, we're doing everything we can to make this person uncomfortable. And then they go home and tell everybody that, you know, our hotel or our restaurant was dirty and um, terrible and they had a terrible time. Nobody wants that. So if you ask and you are polite in your, you know, requests and are reasonable, of course, um, then I think that people really are working with you and absolutely understanding of the fact that people are still afraid and that's okay and normal. And I, you should still be cautious and take care of yourself and wash your hands and all of those good things. Um, but you can, I think, safely move about. People are have, we've come to an understanding of how to sort of deal with this and be a little safer in general and take care of each other. So don't be, don't be afraid. And I think that- And if you're not sure, ask. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> uh, I think that- No travel question is a dumb travel question. Very true. Uh, everything that I wanted to talk about, you just bring up with witchcraft travel and important things that I think that you brought up of what you need to know and things you might not even have thought of that a travel advisor could definitely help you with. So are there any last things that you would like to share or remind people of when it comes to travel in general or witchcraft travel in particular? Um, I'm always going to recommend working with a travel advisor or travel planner. That's, yes. They're going to have your best interest at heart. Uh, they should treat your travel investment as if it were their own travel investment. And there are really, really good ones out there and find one that specializes in the destination or the type of travel that you're trying to do. As far as specifically, I would say definitely check out the destination to find out if 
know what you're trying to accomplish before you go. That's the big thing. Are you just trying to go see destinations or are you trying to go and experience the vortex out west? Those are the questions you need to, to ask yourself before you sit down to plan. And then once you figure that out, the rest is, is easy. Do I just need a hotel and a smooth water float down the Colorado or do I need a guided hike into the mountain range where these are? So once you figure out your purpose for travel, the rest should be pretty easy. And do your and do the research, or have have someone do the research for you. Have have your tra find a travel advisor that knows or knows where to go to find the information. Absolutely makes sense. And that is all we have to share with you this week. Again, I will have everything that we talked about linked in the description so you can find Debbie K travels everywhere that she is online and contact her if you are looking to plan any sort of travel. Um, but specifically, she's really great with these, you know, witchy things that you should keep in mind. <laughs> so thank you for being here this week. Uh, really appreciate your time. And I know the listeners liked hearing your perspective on things. So thank you very much. And listeners, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And listeners, that is it for this week. And I will see you next week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus content three times a week and order Sabbath boxes and other supplies at witchwednesdays.com. Be sure to follow on Instagram at witchwednesdays podcast.